everyone, it's uh, Taylor and Chris here with Tenant Cloud. Hiya. And today we're going to talk about taxes. Something nobody wants to do, <laughs> but it's part of everyday process. Uh, yeah, sadly. Yeah. So, so tax season's obviously approaching and uh, everyone has to get everything in. Uh, you know, us here at Tenant Cloud, we, we've provided the users with this great tool that we have. It's our tax preparation report which actually does all the hard work for you. So the nice thing with it is you can literally print that off, take it into your tax man, and they will do the boring stuff. Yeah, do the boring stuff for you because <laughs> the hard work's already been done. So so we'll we'll take care of that for you. But uh, but yeah, we've, we've got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, you know, some good deduction things, some, you know, income you know, all the good tax things that you want to talk about. We'll, we'll talk about it for you. Like passive activity. Yeah, passive activity. That, that's going to be a topic that we'll talk about here today. Um, you know, and just a lot of good stuff. A lot of good information that we're going to have. This is the inaugural podcast that we have going on today. Uh, so thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any feedback, obviously we want to hear it. And uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, Try not to bore you with all the fun stuff. And while the real estate rental tax landscape is pretty complicated um, and easy to gloss over, one important tax law that you'll definitely want to understand is passive activity loss, otherwise known as PAL, if you need an acronym to remember that. Uh, since some most real estate rental income is considered passive income, this law will likely apply to you. And if it doesn't, you should know why. So we're going to dive in. Yeah. So active income, do you know what that means, Taylor? Uh, no. So why don't you go ahead and tell me something about it? Chris? I most certainly will. Absolutely. Active income is income that you earn through continual work, like a salary, wages, uh, self-employment income. Okay. If you stop working, you generally stop receiving money. Makes sense. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and under this concept, time equals money. So passive income, on the other hand, is money that you come to um, when you aren't actively earning it. So you may have initially worked to start an income flow or simply invested money to start it, but the work you put in after the initial investment period is minimal or non-existent. So when it comes to taxes in general, you can deduct only passive losses against passive income and active losses against active income. Hopefully you're not confused yet. No, that makes sense. Awesome, because now we're going to talk about the IRS. Who? <laughs> the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> the Internal Revenue Service generally considers rental real estate a passive activity, although there is an exception, which we'll get to. Uh, this means if your real estate rental expenses are greater than your rental income for the year, and most real estate rental properties don't turn a profit in the early years, you may have to wait for future tax years to claim your passive losses against future passive profits. Okay. And while you may not be able to benefit from your deductions in the year they incur, the IRS allows you to roll them over from year to year until you're able to use them. If, however, you have pa other passive income from other sources, you can use that to offset your rental real estate passive losses in the year you incur them. Okay. If, for example, you have a full-time job outside the real estate realm and you have a side business leasing your rental properties, 
you probably won't be able to deduct your passive real estate losses against your active income. Because of this type of situation, some landlords prefer to qualify their rental real estate business as an active activity to deduct rental real estate losses against other active income. Uh, so that's a mouthful. Yeah. Totally understand. Uh, definitely consult with your um, tax consultant or tax attorney um, and work out the differences between active versus passive. Um, but let's look at how you can qualify your rental real estate business as an active activity and what deductions you can claim if you can't. So Taylor, you want to tell us a little bit about um, material participation in your business as a real estate professional and how you can qualify um, that as an active activity. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, as we mentioned earlier, most income from real estate rentals is considered passive and is subject to the PLA or PAL laws. Sorry, I forgot the acronym already. <laughs> just got the a lot PLA, of stuff. Isn't just... that like an Irish, like, like, uh, isn't that like the UK? There's like that fight going on. It's the PLA. Don't they like, don't they like, isn't that like a terroristic organization or something? Well, if you have that going on, contact your local <laughs> authorities because that should not be happening. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. The, uh. <laughs> All that information got stuffed in my head, but those uh, those PAL laws, or as we call them, PAL laws, um, uh, they are exceptions. You know, um, if you've materially uh, participated in real estate professionals in your uh, you know rental real estate business, then the IRS considers your income from that business active income, like we were saying. Hmm. Um, to qualify as the real estate professional. More than half of your work for the year must be in the real estate property activity. So renting real estate fits this category, um, which we all like to be in. Um, in addition to qualifying for as a real estate professional, you must work at least 750 hours in your trades and businesses. So 750 hmm. hours, it, it's kind of it's tricky, you know? Um, 750 but, hours? Yeah. I wonder how many days that is. Do the math. 750 hours divided by, let's say, eight-hour days. Yeah. That's 93.7, so 94 days. 94, okay. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, 94 days. So uh, that's, that's not just one. You know, that's each one of your properties requires 750 hours of work unless you'll have to clump all your rental properties together as a single activity. So if you have more than one, you got 93 days out of your year. You know, if you have six of them, there's, there's your year. It's, it's long gone into the next year even. So if you have a lot of rental properties, um, electing to make them a single activity will greatly reduce the amount of time you must work. However, keep in mind that once you clump all your properties together as a single activity, you can't unclump them later in another tax arrangement. So you can't, if you clump them, you can't unclump them. Right. So keep them clumped. <laughs> so keep them clumped. Keep them clumped unless if you want to keep them separated. That's great. So, um, so if you're married, filing jointly, um, only one of the two of you must meet the criteria listed above, like we said, 750 hours. Even if your spouse doesn't technically own the property, um, the qualifying person 
would need to meet 750 hours and spend more than half of his or her work time in the real estate business activities. So that is a lot of time spent in one year. Seriously. Yeah. So you or your spouse, um, you know, you'll need to make it independently, but um, definitely be sure that you or your spouse document in detail and in time spent for your real estate business rentals. Um, no one wants to be audited. Who likes auditors sending you those letters saying, give me all of your documents? Yeah, no thanks. Uh, because, you know, in a busy world, a document can be misplaced and it's just the way the cookie crumbles. This is actually a good time to recommend that you do internal auditing so that you don't get audited by the real auditor. Yep, yep. And, uh, and you, know, you know where a great place to store all that information is, right, Chris? <coughs> Tenant Cloud. I don't know if you heard him. He has cold tenant cloud is a great place to store all of that information there for you. Um, not only does <coughs> tenant, tenant cloud. cloud calendar help you keep track of your time, but it automatically fills your calendar with tasks and reminders um, that you won't forget. Like if you have um, a bunch, like say you've got six people and all of their leases are expiring in the exact same month. That's a lot of different days in one month to Keep track of when their rental's coming up, uh, doing a make ready and a turnaround on that unit and getting it ready for lease or leasing it already. Um, so Tenant Cloud, you can set up your tasks, set up your reminders to say lease XYZ is ending. Ooh, on and that March helps 7. you keep track of whether you've meet, met your 94 days. It does. Because you can go back to your calendar and show Ah, I These see. are the days that Excellent. I worked. This is what I did in my work day. Yeah. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up on there the days that you actually worked. So if the IRS were to say, let me, sh- let me see those days that you worked. Well, guess what? Tenant Cloud Calendar provides that right there for you. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing to have. Good so, stuff. yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and the nice thing is um, there are deductions when your property remains a passive activity. So... If you or your spouse don't qualify for the real estate professionals, um, say you work full-time job outside of the real estate industry and your rental real estate business would be considered a passive activity. Um, however, if you actively participate in your real estate business, even if the business isn't considered an active activity, you are actually eligible to deduct up to $25,000 against your active income. So you wanna know how to qualify? How? So to qualify, as an active participant yes. who isn't in a real estate professional, um, you must own at least 10% of the rental properties and be making management decisions. So in order to claim the full $25,000, you're adjusting your gross income um, or your AGI must be $100,000 or less. I see. But if it falls between $100,000 and $150,000, you'll still be able to claim some of that $25,000 but the benefit will phase out at $150,000. So uh, these amounts will be lower if you're married and filing separately. But uh, you know, there's rules and exceptions, so um, tax laws are no different. You know, If you have additional questions or anything like that, we always recommend talking to a tax law um, office or your tax consultant, H&R Block, you know, anybody that you have that loves to do taxes, they will definitely know 
more about this information, we definitely recommend reaching out to those people for tips and tricks and making sure all your ducks are in a row. For sure. Yeah. And if you have any tips um, for landlords at tax time, uh, leave a comment um, on this podcast or wherever you're hearing this. And we would love to hear your thoughts or pieces of advice on this topic. We're all ears. We always like new ideas and uh, new strategies. Yep. Anything that's going to help your fellow comrade in the real estate business, they would definitely appreciate it. And I know we always want to hear back from people who um, not only use Tenant Cloud, but are actually in the real estate business themselves um, to kind of get some tips and tricks for some of our other users or some of our other listeners um, so they can just pass their knowledge along. And, you know, it's a it's a new time and there's all all kinds of uh, new ways for income and new ways to to make that money and uh, we've seen a rise in the rental game so so you know there's always new people coming in every single day every single year there's higher numbers in rentals so um, so if you need anything definitely don't don't feel afraid to reach out to someone who's done this before they're here to help I'm sure and would be happy to share some of their knowledge maybe not some of their tenants but definitely some of their knowledge <laughs> you know but, uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening in. This is the first one, like we said. So um, there's only uphill from here, Chris. Follow, follow, follow. Follow us on uh, social media. Follow us on uh, the podcast or anywhere you hear this. Follow us on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, sign up for our newsletter if you want more information on topics like these. And we'll look forward to uh, hanging out with you next time. Oh.